prepared. I want to let you know that we're still receiving testimonies from Nigeria for our trip. And um, people are truly grateful to our church for sending those people to, to minister. Um, if you're here tonight, I would like to encourage you. On Sunday mornings, we have growth sessions. We encourage you to attend. We call it Sunday school, but we really encourage you to attend and uh, enjoy the teachers that God has given to us here. They are truly ministering the Word of God, and uh, the Word of God cleanses us. Uh, we need to uh, take advantage of what God has provided for us. I like to keep saying that because we really need to attend. I go, I stay in the class, and I listen to what they are sharing with us. Um, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The more of God's word you have in you, the better it is uh, for your life as a Christian. Amen. Stand up with me tonight. It's good to see every one of you, our visitors. We're so glad you're here. Thank you for coming to join us tonight. I pray that God will truly touch your heart with what we're about to share from the word of God. Let's go. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as I learn. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. Tonight I want to go into a message I titled, uh, really struggle with trying to title something, because uh, you have things you want to say. But this is, Changing your world. Can you truly change your world? Um, I want to begin by reading from Daniel chapter 12, uh, verse 4, talking about uh, a prophecy here. Daniel says, But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. How many know we are at the time of the end? This is the time of the end. It says, many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. I mean, if you look into uh, people's travel today, sometimes just the United States, and see the number of planes that you have in the air, you're wondering, I don't understand how they don't run into one another. (laughs) That's the way I think. It has so many planes. And, and they're going all over the world. This scripture has been fulfilled. God's word has come to pass. In those days, you get in a, in a boat, it takes about two to three weeks or more to get from here maybe to Africa. But now, in a short time, few hours, you're right there. People are traveling. This scripture has been fulfilled. And then knowledge has increased. I get an iPhone... And I'm excited about my iPhone. This is wonderful. Whatever. And then the next few days, they're talking about a new one. And you have to change for the new one because they have new apps now. And you've got to have that. It's amazing. Now I have to call my son to help me with my phone. <laughs> because I don't know what to do with this stuff. And I used to ask, can I make a call with that? Can I receive a call with that? Can I text? Yeah, okay, I want that phone, whatever it is. 
But things are changing so rapidly. But with that comes the curiosity, the anxiety to know what's really happening around us. More and more people are wanting to know the future. People want to know what the future holds for them. Back in my country, less in Nigeria, we have so, they're telling me there are so many prophets now. People are taking advantage of it. They want to know about the future. They want to know what's going to happen tomorrow. What's my tomorrow like? It's that curiosity. And, and back here in the United States, we have all kinds of uh, astrologers. We have uh, the occult. People are digging into all of this. And that's all because of the anxiety. People just want to know the future. We think if I can only know what tomorrow holds for me, then I can live better today and be more prepared for tomorrow. But the thing about it is God doesn't want you to know about tomorrow. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. For the Christian, that's not for us. We are not supposed to be curious about what's going to happen tomorrow. And, and the Bible tells us this in Acts chapter 1 verse 7. Jesus said to the disciples, It is not for you to know times or seasons. Listen, times or seasons which the Father has put in his own power. It's not for you to know times and seasons that the Father has put in his own power. Not too long ago, I, somebody wrote to me and said, uh, I think it was supposed to be in August or September that you need to gather some food and do this because the world, something is going to happen. And I said, just because she said that, I know nothing is going to happen. <laughs> There's no need to gather food just because it came out of your mouth. And I made it clear. Jesus said, it is not for you to know. Well, this, this prophet was on television. This prophet has said this and all of that. And you can click into it. And he's saying all kinds of things. And I'm saying, don't they read scriptures? Jesus said, you should know that. It's not for you to know that. You should know about the times that we are living in. But the times and the seasons that God has placed in his own power is not for you to know. And if you are trying to know, you are opening the door for the enemy to come in. And cause you to be more anxious. And to be more, I mean to be filled with anxiety about what the future holds. It's always about the future. But God says, that's not for you. What I need for the Christian to do is to create your future. Create your future. How do you do that? Can we find scriptures that relate to that? So you can change your world through the word of God and through prayer. You can change your future through the word of God and through prayer. You can create your future through that. Through understanding God's word and acting accordingly. This is what Jesus told us. And, and the word of God and prayer is your access to the future. He tells you what's going to happen. And he tells you what to do to get whatever you want for your future. 
just give you an example. You want God to bless you financially in your future? Well, give, right? Give. You create your future. You don't act according to the word of God. Then you don't know what the future will hold. We have to live by faith. The just shall live by faith and through trusting the word of God. This is what Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 6, beginning from verse 9. It says, In this manner, therefore pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, you can take heaven and bring it to the earth through your prayer. You can have a heavenly life for yourself in the future through your prayer. It's only through your prayer that you can determine what's going to happen to you in your future. God already has it planned. It's not manifested here on earth until you pray for it. God has his plan in heaven. That good life. Now, you remember when Jesus was born, the angels came and they sang, Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth, right? And what? Good will towards men. So God's will for your life is always good. Why are we not experiencing it? Well, it's all up there in heaven. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If you don't pray that, then you don't experience heaven on earth. You have to pray. In this way, pray. This is what I'm asking you. Create your future, heavenly future, by understanding the scripture and praying according to the scripture so that your future is bright. You can't have difficulties when heaven is all around you on the earth. It's the kingdom of God. Is it making sense tonight? That's what we need to do through prayer. Through prayer. So you can find that. Don't just know the scriptures. But pray the scriptures. It's one thing to know the scriptures. But it's another thing to pray the scripture. Into your life. To change your future. Based on scripture. And many of us received Christ because we heard the gospel, right? Did that change your life when you received Jesus? He changed my life. He changed your life because you heard the gospel and you prayed according to the scripture, right? And your life was one way and then after you prayed the scripture, what happened? Your life changed. That's the principle. Don't just know scriptures. Pray the scriptures. Pray the scripture. Take the promise from the word of God and begin to pray it over your life. On Sunday I said, I found a promise. Remember I said that on Sunday? I found a promise in the word of God. I pray this promise every day now. And I promised myself every day that I have opportunity to pray, I'll go to that scripture and be praying that, that promise. Because God said in his word, I will let my people pray this way so that I can do this for them. So I found it, and I said, okay, now I will do what God said. I'll let my people do, so that he does exactly what he said he will do. That's a promise. I can't change what's happening in the future. I can't change people's minds. But I can pray God's word, and God will change their mind. 
So I can create my future by looking at what God said and praying what God said in his word. Jesus made it clear. He says in, in, in John chapter 6 verse 63, he said, The words that I speak, they are what? Spirit and they are life. The words you speak, the words of God, they are spirit and they also give life. So what we need to do is find that thing that is dying or dead in your life. That is against what heaven promises. And you say, well, that doesn't look like what the Bible promised. How come I'm not experiencing what the Bible promised? So now in the beginning, the Bible talked about, I consider it the womb of the earth, right? It says the world was without form, right? And void. But the Spirit of God was what? Incubating. It was all over the surface of the deep. What that means, I don't know. Surface of the deep because it was void. But it still was deep. It was like a womb there. And then the seed was given. And God said, right? And then it came to pass. I don't know how long God waited for that incubation to go on until the word was given. But God has actually shown us how we can birth things in our lives when we know the word and we stay there and allow the Holy Spirit, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. So if I find something that is dead or dying, then and I found the word of God, I meditate on it, allow the spirit of God, that spirit that is in the word, to hover all, all over whatever that is that is dying. And, and then you remember the story of, we've read it in the scriptures, can these dry bones live again? You remember that? And then prophesy to it, right? And that's prayer. Prophesy to it. Bring it back alive. Change the situation. Pray about it. Speak to it. And then you can change your future. It covers every area of life. Whether it's finances, your marriage, bondage to sin, whatever it is. You see it in the word of God and then you imbibe that word and you begin to pray. Until it's changed. It takes work. That's what happened. You know, you can find that scripture and get excited. In, in Daniel chapter 2, I mean chapter 9, verse 2. Daniel was reading books. And reading prophecies. And then he found a prophecy written by Jeremiah the prophet. And the prophet said, after 70 years, the God will bring them back. Remember that? And Daniel found it. He said, I searched the scriptures, I searched books, and I found where Jeremiah wrote this, that after 70 years, and he was an older man now, he was past 70 years, he calculated and said, God, now look, he's 70 years. He found that scripture. Now he was going to change his world through prayer. And he said, I started, I started fasting. And I started calling upon God. And what was he saying to God? Hey God, he's 70 years now, remember? You said it through your prophets. He's got to be fulfilled. Amen? He prayed it. And what happened? He manifested. 
God brought them back after 70 years. And he knew how to pray. Pray towards Jerusalem. He knew that Solomon had prayed. If they turn around and they confess their sins, and he confessed for his people, right? And prayed towards Jerusalem, and God brought them back. Not with Daniel, but every, God put everything in place. Nehemiah, everybody in place to bring that thing to pass. And line up the king to, to, to supply. Because he found that scripture. He said, I found where it is written. And I began to pray to God. I fasted. And the Bible says, Jesus is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. So when there's something against my life, and we are all, we are all in this together, there are things we have to fight constantly. If it's, not one, if it's not this, it's some other thing. You have victory over this and something else shows up. And you're wondering, why am I in this? Well, sometimes I have to think, others are going through more difficult times as well. But the thing is, find that scripture and begin to stay with that scripture. And pray to God that that thing is changed. And this is so true. You saw it in the life of Jesus. In Matthew chapter 8, Matthew chapter 8, beginning from verse 16 and 17, he says, when the evening was come, they brought to him all those who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirit with his word, and healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was written by Isaiah the prophet, that he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. So Jesus found that scripture, he knew the scripture, and that day he sat down to make sure that scripture was fulfilled. And guess what God did? Healed everybody. Amen? Everyone was healed. Because his mind was set, we are going to fulfill this scripture written by Isaiah the prophet. Now, in Nigeria, I made it clear to the people, is, do we still have some sick people today? They said, yes. Will God's prophet lie? No. Will God heal everybody tonight? Yes. Is this scripture, does this scripture need to be fulfilled in our time? Yes. Will we have sick people? Yes. The scriptures will be fulfilled tonight? Yes. Guess what? We got a lot of people healed. We got them healed. Jesus showed up. And people were getting healed. All those who went with me, they saw just people healed. Now, I, I laugh at Rhonda <laughs> because God was fulfilling his word and she prays for somebody and they get healed. So if I say, oh, the pain is gone. She says, really? <laughs> Are you sure this is, this is a trick? Are you tell? Sometimes I tell them, you know, t- you need to tell me the truth. I'm, I'm not trying to get credit here. Just tell me the truth. They look at you like, what's the matter with you? I'm telling you the pain is gone, okay? But that's the God. He, fulfill, he saw Jesus found that scripture and knew it and deliberately on that night sat down to make sure everyone who came received their healing so that the prophet of God would not be a liar. And then you also know in Luke chapter 4, he took that scripture. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon because he has anointed me. And then he sat down on the seat that was provided in every synagogue where the Messiah was supposed to sit. Jesus went and sat in that seat and told them, and then they said, like, what? He just sat in Messiah's seat. And then he began to say to them, the scripture is fulfilled before your eyes today. They got mad. But that was the truth. He fulfilled the scripture. He knew what that scripture was. He took that scripture and made sure it was manifested here on the earth. And we can do the same thing. We can do the same thing. 
it's one thing to just look at uh, the Word of God and just like a literature, you're just reading a book. But it's a different thing when you take it and you believe it and begin to act on it and pray it and refuse to let until that thing is fulfilled. And I know every time you take a scripture and you want to believe God for it, guess what? The battle is joined. Goliath will rise up from every corner to let you know this is not going to happen. But it's a good fight because the Bible says it's the fight of faith. Amen? The good fight of faith. It's a good fight because you win according to the scriptures. Amen? So that's what it is. The thing is, where is the urgency? Where is the urgency for us? Jesus gave us a parable in uh, Luke chapter 18. He says, men ought always to pray and not faint. If you are a man, you ought to always pray and not faint. If you are not praying, that means you've already given up. You know the scriptures. It's like pastor starts the scripture like Brother Smith. He'll finish it off for me. He knows them. Those scriptures. He says, well, I already heard that before. Well, I already tried that before. What you're saying is, it don't work. (laughs) It's not working for me. And once you've come to that place where you think the word of God doesn't work, you no longer pray about it anymore. You're just waiting for chance, maybe. Something is going to happen. And, 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 that's, and then if you, once you get to a place like that, God cannot really work with you because a double-minded person is unstable in all his ways. And the Bible says that person can never receive anything from God. And God will not go against his word just to meet your need. Has nothing, we, we have the righteousness of God. There is no one person that is more righteous than the other Christian. We all have equal righteousness. He's the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for what? It's his name's sake, for his name's sake. So we all have his righteousness. But how we work that out is up to us. You have to work according to the scriptures. Once you lose hope, there's nothing. Let me tell you this. If you're praying for something, find a scripture, but never let go. That's the parable. Jesus gave us that parable. He says there was an unjust uh, a woman, a woman, you know, and then an unjust judge. That the woman was going, well, I want you to give me justice. And he wouldn't listen for a while. But she never quit. She kept coming. Give me justice. But this parable was given by Jesus just to let us know that we ought always to pray. Always to pray. Pray about about something that you want God to do for you. That's what it says. I never quit. And Jesus said, the judge said, I don't fear God, but this woman, she's going to wear me out. And I'm not going to take this anymore. I'll just give her what she wants so I can get rid of her. And Jesus said, look at what your just judge said. But God is a just judge. 
and he's willing to do. He said, God said he will avenge us speedily, the elect speedily. And you are God's elect. So when we cry out to God, God says, I will definitely listen. And I will do something about it. And I'll do it speedily. Now, his speedily and your speedily, they may be different. All right? Because we have to work by faith, right? If it's just like that, then you don't apply faith anymore. But the just shall live by faith. So his speedily and your speedily, they are different because you have to live by faith. So I have to stay there. But you can never lose hope. Jesus concluded, he says, but when the Son of Man comes, returns, will he find faith on the earth? What he's saying, will he have that tenacious faith that's refusing to let? Once you lose hope, it's over. I struggle with this thing. I've done everything. I've been on prayer lines. I've fasted. I've done that. Nothing has happened. And then you just let it be. Once you do that, you are, faint, you are fainted. That's what it is. Fainting means losing hope. That it's never going to happen. Everybody's prayed. But there's nothing like that with God. He's never too late with God. Even if you're dead, he still can wake you up and to talk to you. <laughs> okay? You can die. When God begins with a man, he doesn't quit. If he's fighting you, the fight continues. Even after you die, he's still fighting you. <laughs> he raises you up and continues the fight. That's just the way God is. He doesn't quit. Death doesn't make any difference to him. If he loves you, he, he continues. You die, he raises you up and continues with his love. He doesn't quit. He doesn't know how to quit. But you can't quit. The Bible says faith is the substance of what? Things hopeful. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. If you don't have hope, there is no reason for faith. Why do you need faith when there is no hope? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. So when you've lost hope for this, you're not really looking, there is no reason for faith. You can sit there and hear the word from many until night. There is no faith there because there is no hope for it. It's gone. We ought always to pray and not lose heart. Not faint. Don't give up. Don't give up. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for. And so we need to pray. In other words, I'm going, by the grace of God, I know it's tough, I don't know what the future holds, but I know what God's word says. And I'm going to keep going to the Lord constantly. You remember Jacob's fight with the Lord? I'm not going to let you go until you, you change my world today. I've lived it, I'm tired. You've got to change it today. I'm not letting you go until you do this for me. And these things were recorded for us. So we know how God, in other words, so we know the way of the Lord, how God does his thing. It's not going to be easy. But you can stay in faith and wait patiently for God's deliverance and God will make it, bring it to pass. 
You don't have to fear. That's why the scripture says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and of a sound mind. You did not receive the spirit of uh, bondage again to fear, but we received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. In other words, God is my Father. He is going to take care of me. I don't have to worry about it. So he wants us to pray that way. What's the power behind all of this? I believe that God has given us an assignment to change our world. Remember the scripture? If my people... We can change the United States on our knees with that promise alone. Just that one promise. If all the Christians in the United States, we, we complain a lot about what they are doing. In poli- Politicians don't have the power. We have the power on our knees. Let's not waste time talking about what they're doing. Let's talk to our God about what we want. If my people who are called by my name, we're called by his name. If we will humble ourselves, God, you know, we got a lot of difficulties here. We can't handle them. We need you. He said, they will call upon me and I'll answer them. He says, he'll heal the land. He'll heal the land. Before long, they start saying something different. We don't like this anymore. This is wrong. And you got so many people, even people that, I can't believe this person said this. He used to be this way. How could he say it? But God can make all this happen. If God's people will spend that time praying. If we will spend uh, as much time praying as we spend complaining about what's happening (laughs) Things will change for the United States. We have hours of arguments about what they're doing. I mean, we know what they're doing is wrong, but God said, I'll heal the land. And he's not talking about the dust of the earth. He's talking about people. He healed the land. If they will call upon him. And we have that power. We have that assignment. Ephesians chapter 1 and I'm going to start reading from verse 17. It says that the God, God of our Lord Jesus Christ, this is Paul praying for the church, you and I. And again, if you don't understand, this prayer thing is so powerful. If you read the scriptures, you see prayer does, we hear the word that prayer, prayer is powerful, uh, prayer, prayer can cause change, but we don't really understand it fully to really focus in this. I I read the scripture every book of the Bible. Paul said, I thank my God that I speak in tongues more than you all. That's what he said. He was a Texan, right? (laughs) 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 Y'all. But then, if you read in his book, every time he's writing, he says, pray for me. Remember that? I need you to pray for me. Every church is asking for prayer, even though he's praying a lot. Pray that God will use me. God will give me the words to speak. 
That was Apostle Paul asking for prayer. You can imagine Jesus right before going to the cross. Remember, he picked those three individuals. He said, watch with me, pray with me. Prayer is powerful. Jesus demonstrated that to us. Before going to the cross, he had to speak to his father. It's very important. I've noticed in scripture, sometimes you see things that are very important. Every time Jesus had gone through a very difficult time, when it's over, guess what shows up? An angel shows up. An angel shows up. When he was tempted in the wilderness, that was almost like Genesis. Adam failed and Jesus passed the test. The pressure was that great. And he says, after the temptation, an angel showed up and ministered to him. How? I don't know. Strengthened him? I don't understand it. But it was an angel that showed up because Jesus was now in human form. Just like you and I was a person, a human being. And he needed strength. And he said after that, an angel showed up and strengthened him. But also, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, after praying, he gave his will to the Father. Guess what showed up again? An angel showed up and strengthened him. That could happen. I was sharing with somebody, listen, how God works. When, at the beginning of the church, and I'm talking about prayer. I need you guys to pray for me too. This is a selfish thing right now. Well, I need you all to pray for me. It's very important. You know, Herod took uh, uh, James. John's brother, right? And the church said, that's Apostle James. Herod can't do anything to him. Herod killed him, right? Herod killed him. And then he got Peter. They got desperate, right? No, they didn't pray when James was taken. You notice that? No, they never prayed. They just want to have that's James. That's the way I see it. That's James. That's the brother of John. He can't do anything to him. Well, he killed him. But then when they took Peter, they were sure if he could kill James, he'll kill Peter. And guess what? They were praying everywhere. Read the scriptures. Prayer went up. Even though they were not really believing, but they were crying out to God, deliver Peter. And guess what happened? An angel showed up. An angel showed up. They changed the world. The apostles said, we are not going to be busy serving food. We'll give ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. That's all we need. We need the word and we need prayer. We need the word and we need prayer to transform our world. If this whole church can come together, the word and prayer will change things in my life, your life, and the whole church. And the world. That's what happened. They cried out to God for Peter. And God delivered him. And Peter had a chance to live. Peter could care less. He was ready to die. He didn't care. Uh, it's amazing. They were praying. Peter was sleeping. <laughs> he, he had no care. But God delivered him. And that's the same thing Paul kept saying. Pray for me. Pray for me. Pray for me. So prayer is very important because you can create your future through the promise of God and with prayer. You can do that. 
that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. That's Paul's prayer. We need that spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. And God and His Word are one. So when I need revelation and wisdom in Him, the knowledge of Him, that's in the knowledge of the Word. Paul said, we don't know Him anymore in the flesh. There was a time they knew Jesus in the flesh, but not anymore. If you have to know Him, you got to know Him through the Word and by His Spirit. That you can see that God will give us that spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. The eyes of our understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of your calling. So there is a calling. What calling? I want to know what that means. God called you for what? There is a hope to your calling. Every one of us is called. Jesus said, no one can come to me except the heavenly father draws him. So you came to Christ because God called you. Jesus said, you didn't choose me. I chose you and ordained you. Why were you ordained? For what purpose? That's the calling. That's what it says. And we're going to talk more about that. What is this calling we're talking about? The hope of his calling. And what is the riches of his inheritance in you as a saint? So there is some riches that God derives from your life as a saint. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power? So we move from that to the exceeding greatness of his power towards us. In other words, that power is right there in you right now. And it's called resurrection power. The same power that was in Christ. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power? Exceeding greatness of his power towards us. Who believe? Are you a believer? How many believers do we have here tonight? You are a believer. There is an exceeding greatness of his power that has been directed towards your life. He's at work right now. The same power that raised up Jesus from the dead is at work in you right now. Just as I'm looking at you. Is there... It's, it's amazing. Scientists, I, I wonder why science, science, scientists are so silent about this. You know, they research everything. They want to find out everything. Why don't they research whether Jesus rose from the dead or not? Have you heard about that? Nobody disputes it. Nobody disputes it. They can prove it. They don't just let it be. Nobody's going to go into it. Because if they start researching it, guess what? They all will be Christians. <laughs> So sit and make sure, don't go there. Okay? Because it's very clear. It says, you believe with your heart that what? God has raised him from the dead. And Satan knows if they research that and find out the truth, they'll all be in church. So they just don't go there. They don't go there. Nobody's talking about it. I mean, that's an incredible statement. Raised from the dead, never to die again. And nobody's concerned about that. You're concerned about going to Mars. You can research this as well. They just won't go there. 
But that resurrection power is available to us. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead, that brought him back to life, never to die again. You can't kill him again. He walks through walls, and yet he has bones. Think about it. And then he'll eat right before you just eat fish, and then walk through the wall and just, just go. <laughs> That's an amazing thing. I mean, what did, did he just go through that wall? <laughs> I thought I was holding him a few minutes ago. That's the power that's in us today, that's at work in us, that can transform my life, transform your life, and change everything. That power. He says it's the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe, because we are believers. We are believers. We believe in Jesus Christ. Do you believe in Jesus? That he is the son of God? That's you. He's talking about you. That's you there. That power has been directed towards you. That power is already in you. That same power is already there. There's no, there's no greater power anywhere. This is the power that's greater than death. The exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe. You have to be a believer. You have to be a believer. You have to believe these things. According to the working of his mighty power. So that power is a mighty power. It's the might of God. You got it. I have it in me. I don't feel it. But I have it in me. I just have to be conscious it's there. I don't have to feel it. I don't have to feel it. And I don't pay too much attention. It's because it's God. The power is available. When we were back in Nigeria, we do that here too. But I just know God's with me. I'm here for his, for his, I'm an ambassador. So I tell the people, God's going to heal you all today. And, and we go ahead and we pray. And we had, there was a situation I said here in church where there were so many people coming out for prayer to be healed. And it was just me, Rhonda, just four of us. And I looked and I said, there's no way we can, we'll be here until late. And they had to leave. So I called the, the, the workers of the church. I said, you all come here here. Pastors, all of you come. And uh, we're gonna, you guys are going to pray for the sick and God's going to be healing. They've been watching us do that for a while. And everybody getting healed. And you could see their eyes like, that's your job. <laughs> we can do that. I said, come on, come on, give me your hands. It's not like anything, but, but I have to give them confidence. Give me your hands. Put your hands out. And I touched your hands. Now, now my, my hands have touched you. Now, you guys can go and pray for the sick. And then they went. And uh, beyond Rhonda, once they realized, hey, this stuff is easy. <laughs> they got very bold. And it was exciting. But there was power in the room, and yet nobody was feeling it. It was just like natural things. It's so natural, you can miss it. It's so natural we could, I mean, you can just look over it. We saw these things happening. I'm still receiving emails from Nigeria about what somebody wrote about sickle cell. Just I read it today to Catalino, because Catalino, I can't even remember, but he said something and she said, this person said, I came and I finished what uh, Catalino was saying. And that's transformed their life. They believe they are healed from sickle cell. Now, sickle cell, that's a genetic disease. That's a genetic disease. I didn't make them right. I got it in email. They sent it to us. But that's the power that's available to us. 
And I don't feel different from any other Christian. Because we are all the same. This same power is available to us. When we still see those scriptures and we pray them and incubate them. In the womb of the spirit. Amen. We'll give birth. Amen. Stay with it. Over time. There's got to be a blessing. You pray over it. Study the word. Stay with it. I tell people every time I'm, I know I'm going to have a healing service, I'm reading all the healing books. You go to my office, that's all I do. I listen to tapes. I read them constantly. Is it because I haven't seen healing before? No. I, I want that seed inside of me. Amen. Because I'm just everybody else. But after those seeds are prayed about it, they sit. So when I go out, I don't have any fear. It just comes natural. That's what it is. We can't make it too complicated. That's God that's doing the work. That's doing the work. You can't take any credit for it. But you got to believe what it says. And you have to pray what the scripture says. Whether it's in the area of finances, whatever it is. You do according to the scriptures and watch God work. And I don't question myself. I would rather admit, well, I'm struggling believing this time. <laughs> it's no big deal. And then go back to God. Why, just like the apostles, why can't, why can't, why can't I do this? He's, he'll let you know why, if you ask. So that power is available to us. It says it's the power, verse 20, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places. Far above all principalities and powers and mind and dominion and every name that is named, including the name cancer, right? Oh, uh, yes. Including the name cancer. I don't care what disease. This name is above every name that is named. If it has a name, this name is above it. Whatever it is, this name is above it. Whether it's insanity, this, you, is it a name? Yes, this name is above it. And can control that thing and take it into captivity. If we will stay with the word and believe the word. Over time, over time, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Not just hearing once, you just constantly until it's built inside of you. Amen? Far above all principalities and powers. And dominion and every name, the principality, the devil is behind it. It doesn't matter who is behind it and what is behind it. It doesn't matter who, what's behind that. This name is above every name. Not only in this age, but in the age which is to come. And he's put all things under his feet. And gave him to be head over all things to what? To the Ark Fellowship. I always put the Ark Fellowship there. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> He's given to be head over all things to the Ark Fellowship. Okay. Which is his body, right? The fullness of him. So the body of Christ is the fullness of Christ, right? Without the body, we have no fullness of Christ, right? Which is his body. The fullness of him which fills all in all. So we have a job to do. See that? We really have a job to do. We have his fullness. According to the scriptures. This is not just according to my words. That's what it says. 
The body is the fullness of him that fills all in all. We have to occupy until he comes. In other words, we can change our world through him. And he is the word of God. And through prayer. I want to continue with this next week, hopefully. And talk about what are the things to take from this particular passage that we just read. As we go through all of these things. First, we want to talk about what does this mean? Uh, Revelation. Spirit of wisdom and revelation in him. How do we apply that? What about the calling? What about the what is what what calling do we have in our lives? How do we apply that? And uh, what about us being saints? Remember, there is a scripture. Uh, the Bible says, "Haven't done all to stand." What does it say? Stand. You know what that means. What is he talking about? Stand. Therefore, we're going to talk about that. Uh, we want to talk about the the resurrection power that's available to us how we can use that. The fact that we are seated with him in heavenly places, how we can apply that in our lives. And um, him being the head, and I'll go back, everything the head has achieved, we have to work out in this life. And he's achieved a lot for us. But we have to work it out here on earth. It's the fullness of him that fills all in all. Um, we need to talk about this. So seven things. I try to make it seven so it can really look like a preacher doing it. Okay. <laughs> Stand up with me. <laughs> Preachers always come up with three things or seven things. So I look for seven, right? <laughs> a real preacher goes seven, not six and stop. Okay. 